You're listening to episode 221 of the FitzPro podcast, and today we are going over how to strengthen weak points and enhance your lifts. So this is going to be applicable if you are a trainer or if you are a trainee, either way, if you're a coach, hopefully these tips and kind of process that I lay out will help you be able to again, strengthen weak points that your clients may have in a given lift, maybe sticking points and things of that sort, as well as just improve overall movement patterns. And that's going to apply whether you are a coach or a trainee. So without further ado, let's dive in. The FitzPro podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs, aka not your average Fitzbo. And my aim is to help you grow your mind, body, and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a Fitzpro. First off, the audio playing back in my headphones today is very echoey. I hope that it does not publish or sound that way for you, but I did just want to make a note. I have adjusted all the things. I've done everything that I know to do to make the audio quality, and I hate shit audio on video on any kind of media, so... I hope that it sounds okay. I do want to start off by thanking Legion Athletics. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world, and they are the only supplements that I use. I used their whey protein through my pregnancy. It was one of the best ways that I got protein in because it's an easy 30 grams, 30 to 60 grams. You can have a scoop to two scoops per day. You'd be totally fine. That's one of my favorite things about them is that their protein does not mess with my stomach, and my husband actually has a much more sensitive stomach than I do. He uses their plant protein and doesn't have any issues with it. That's of course anecdotal. You would need to test it yourself. They do have money back guarantees. So very little risk for you. If you're looking for supplements to implement into your dietary intake, I highly, highly suggest Legion. Check them out. In my non-pregnancy breastfeeding journey, uh, I typically take their non-STEM pre-workout. Their STEM pre-workout has 350 milligrams of caffeine, and that's just far more than I even drink in a day. So I do not use that. That would just be giving me heart palpitations. That's going to be individual, um, but they do have literature that you know suggest the baseline of what you need for caffeine in order to have the positive effects that caffeine can give you during training. So check them out. Um, I use their non-stem pulse and then whey protein and their recharge, which is their creatine. Absolutely love it. Wish I started using creatine way earlier in my training career. I left a lot of gains on the table, I believe. And just, I mean, experienced way more fatigue than I needed to via not using creatine. So check them out. Go to buylegion.com, B-U-Y legion.com and use code Annie at checkout to get 20% off your first order or double Legion reward points. So in strength training, your training skills. This is something I feel very strongly about. And I will even include just general like bro hypertrophy training in this as well. Every movement you do in weightlifting can be considered a skill, but training actual strength is also a skill outside of the movement patterns. You're entering into a practice with asymmetries, past injuries, etc. Every human, whether you played sports or didn't, is going to have some kind of asymmetry just because of the way we live life. We have a dominant side, things of this sort. So whether you were a past athlete or have never played a sport in your life, 
almost everyone has some kind of muscular imbalance and imbalance in joint function. And we are entering the world of weightlifting with these. To be clear, that is not the end goal of training is to become this perfectly balanced muscular person, but a massive use and benefit of strength training can be to improve weaknesses and asymmetries that we have within our bodies. And that as a byproduct also improves your strength, aka why I think strength training is the goat, in my opinion, for longevity in a physically functional life, which I want for anyone listening to this podcast and I hope you want for yourself. So I'm going to go ahead and take you through a process and different options that you have with strengthening lifts, strengthening movement patterns based on the issues that you may be experiencing. This is not going to be movement pattern specific as in like squat, hinging, things of that sort. It is going to be very general that you can apply to any kind of movement within strength and hypertrophy training. The first thing you're going to do is identify the leaks. When I say energy leaks, I am referring to where we break position in a squat. This may be knees caving in. So we have a valgus happening. This could be a butt wink at the bottom of a squat. And I'm just using the squat as an example. Uh, For a deadlift, it could be your butt shooting up first before your chest. The chest and the hips should rise at the same time. The angle of or the opening of your chest to your thigh, so that angle there, should open at the same rate that your the angle between your hamstring and your calf opens. All of those things should be opening at the same time. So if we have that not happening within a deadlift, then we have an energy leak. These are just some examples in an overhead press. It could be the bar coming too far away from your face as you press up. It could be elbows flaring out to the side. These would all be considered energy leaks in my eyes. Then the other thing that we can look at, so energy leaks equals breaking position. So wherever you break that position, that's where we're going to focus the energy in fixing the movement pattern, gaining strength in that specific area of the movement. Then we have sticking points. Sticking points in a lift, which can happen in various lifts, but mostly in larger compound movements are going to be where your velocity slows. You can think of velocity as speed. It's going to be noticeable. So you've seen this in, again, we can look at the squat. Someone is coming out of the hole. This normally happens, let me be clear, in the concentric portion of the lift. So you have already lowered down into the squat. That was the eccentric phase. And then when you're coming out of that squat, that's the concentric phase. In a pull-up, actually pulling yourself up to the bar would be the concentric phase. It is when the muscle is shortening and contracting at the same time. This is where sticking points are going to happen. We can look up the look at the pull-up to kind of change it up versus the squat. In the pull-up, common sticking points might be at the very bottom, in the middle, or at the very top of the lift. These are very common areas that people's velocity tends to really slow down. So if it's at the beginning, you'll notice that they really, really struggle to get those scapulas set, but then they can pull pretty strong and finish the rest of the lift once they get the scapulas, you know, depressed into their back pockets, if you will. If it's at the middle, you'll notice they have no problem initiating the pull, but then to get through that middle section, there's a big slowdown. And then once they get past that sticking point, they're fine again, and they can pull strongly all the way to the top of the lift. You get the idea. Sticking points are another area that we can focus our energy in 
strengthening a skill and actually gaining strength within a specific part of that skill, which is inherently going to enhance the entire lift. So find the energy leak, find the sticking point. This can either happen through assessment, but more often than not, honestly, is just going to happen through videoing yourself or having your clients video themselves. And you see a common thread that either when a client or yourself hits a certain load, we start to see these energy leaks. When we start to hit a certain level of fatigue, we see these energy leaks. Again, when we hit a certain load, we see the sticking points, so on and so forth. The goal is then to break that skill down into parts and train the different parts of said skill. If you are working on a sticking point, well, it's just going to be the sticking point. That's the area in which we want to add something like a one and a quarter rep, or we want to add a pause just before we hit that sticking point, and then we want to power through. That's going to demand that you lower the load big time in order to work on that. In fact, lowering the load is likely going to be needed no matter which kind of strengthening we're looking at, whether that be fixing an energy leak or fixing a sticking point. Because in order to strengthen either a position for an energy leak or strength within that sticking point, that's a weak point of the lift essentially, you're going to have to lower the load because we're going to increase time under tension. We're gonna increase the amount of tension and demand on that muscle during that specific area of the movement. Again, whether that is in a squat where the knees are caving in, we've got to lower that load to a point where you're able to keep the knees in line, you know, between index toe and middle toe throughout the entire movement. That's likely going to mean lowering the load so that we can increase capacity. And then we can build from there with a better movement pattern. We can also break the skill down into parts via just training different sections of the lift. So let's look at the pull-up again. You could just say, I want a stronger pull-up. I have a weak point here, but let's just go ahead and break the skill down and work on each section of the skill because we know that that's going to have positive carryover into a stronger movement pattern overall. Let's go ahead and put some scat pulls in our warm up, let's go ahead and put in some three position holds in pull ups. So you would pull up all the way to the top. And then in the eccentric, you're going to hold the top for three seconds, hold at the middle, like just before 90 degrees for three seconds. And then you're going to hold just before the bottom position in a nice active hollow position. So your scapulas are still depressed. Your lats are still engaged. It is not a dead hang. It is an active hang for three seconds. And you're going to do however many of those three to six reps that will likely get after any weak points that you have in a pull-up. When we look at the squat, we can say, let's just honestly work on the squat overall. Let's get some ankle dorsiflexion. Let's do some bottom holds of a squat. You'll notice that there's a lot of isometric or things that increase overall time under tension in positions when we're talking about enhancing weak points of a lift. That is because like any other lift, like any other skill that we train, it takes reps, it takes progressive overload. So increasing capacity before we increase the load of something. And when we train in an isometric position, we can increase strength, last I checked, in 15 degrees of 
either up or down from that angle that we're training at. So let's say just before the bottom of a squat, you are holding an isometric position for 10 to 30 seconds, or you're accumulating 30 seconds in the bottom of a front rack or back rack hold with you know a challenging load. You're going to increase strength in 15 degrees in either direction of that position for the bottom of your squat. That's likely not a bad thing for your overall strength, right? The same can be said for doing that at a sticking point. So these are just some things to pay attention to and to apply to all lifts. So think isometrics, think gaining strength within that 15 degrees of either direction. That could go back to the squat in doing the uh, knee valgus. So adding, like I said earlier, that one and a quarter rep, or just adding a pause right before or near that sticking point where the knees tend, I said sticking point, but the energy leak where the knees tend to cave in. And under the same umbrella of breaking down the skill. This may apply, this may not apply, but it's something to play with. If we look at the squat and having a knee valgus, it could be that that only happens during the squat, or it could be that we really do need to train some pretty strong abduction with some clamshells and isolated band work. I can't say for sure if that applies to someone's squat or not. Maybe their glute meat is very strong in abduction tests, but it is weak in the squat. Therefore, it needs to be trained in the actual movement pattern. I'm just saying that because that can be the case. So break down the skill into parts and then train those specific parts. Train the actual skill under less load, which we went over, with more control, really paying attention to those areas that we have energy leaks or sticking points. The goal being with that to not break position or to keep speed consistent. And we only increase load when we can do those things. So we work capacity first and then we add load, especially when we are trying to strengthen weak points. The last thing I'll say on this is that you want to train these weak points often. Like any other area of the body that we are trying to gain strength in, this is more specific to gaining strength within a literal like section of a movement pattern. That's really what this episode is. So you want to train it often. So whatever we're doing to fix the movement pattern is what takes the place of squatting, is what takes the place of deadlifting, is what takes the place of those pull-ups. That that work to change that movement pattern is now what's happening where normally you would have three sets of five pull-ups or what have you. I will add before we go side to side discrepancies, just some general rules of thumb. And I have said this in Instagram posts before, but if you have a side to side discrepancy that either you came to know through assessment of testing strength imbalances, or you've just noticed like your left arm is way weaker than your right arm and vertical pressing. When you do a single arm overhead press, your left side just fails. Maybe you've noticed when you are doing step ups that your right leg just is not as strong or has more energy leaks than your right or than your, I forget what side I said, one leg has more energy leaks than the other side in a step up. You're going to start with the weak side, number one. You're going to then match the strong side to whatever reps and load you used on the weak side. Yes, you are basically going to hold your strong side back. It is not our concern. Then you're going to add an extra set if you would like to on that weak side. This can be for a certain amount of reps or this can be for an AMRAP and you just do as many reps as you can on that weak side. Then you would want to obviously retest 
to make sure that we are actually bringing up the weak side. Once they're both equal, then we can, you know, still start with that weaker side, but we can match load and reps and no need to add another set on that weak side. We want to keep them equal from that point on and bring them both up. That is all I will say on side-to-side discrepancies. Hopefully you found this episode helpful in some way, shape, or form. This is why I think strength training can be fun, lifelong. Like there's always improvements that you can make within a movement pattern. You're always going to be going through a different season and your body changes over time. Maybe you've had kids, maybe you haven't, maybe you've had an injury. There's going to be things when you strength train for life that are going to force you to fill gaps within your movement patterns and strength and weaknesses. So I hope that you are enjoying whatever process you're currently in with weightlifting and that you found this episode helpful. If you did, give the show five stars, leave a written review wherever you listen. If you're not on my main mailing list, check out anniemiller.co backslash news. You can join my weekly or my daily emails. I won't hold you hostage. You can unsubscribe at any time. Until next time, I am Annie Miller and thank you for tuning into the Fitz Pro Podcast. Podcast.